0: A reminder to our insurance brokers that this podcast is eligible for half a CPD point from NEBA. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for details on where you can go to generate your CPD certificate. Hi and welcome to NTI Spotlight, the show that shines a spotlight on the transport, construction, marine and cargo industries and the people who power them. Today we're talking all about light rigid trucks light rigid trucks are the top selling truck type in australia and of course play an important role in our transport and logistics industries but in saying that many businesses outside of transport like retailers wholesalers tradies even are purchasing these trucks as tools for their businesses so today we're going to be talking about exactly what light rigid trucks are being used for who's buying them and what we need to be aware of to ensure that businesses using them stay as safe and operational as possible. I'm joined today by our panel of experts. Firstly, welcome to Martin Eckert, NTI's Proposition Manager for Motor SME. Welcome, Marty. Thank you, Luke. We've also got Paul Burke, NTI's National Development and Technical Manager. Thanks, Luke. And a very special guest from our friends at Isuzu Australia. Welcome to Jeff Gibson, product manager for Light Duty and Ready to Work. Welcome, Jeff.
1: Thank you very much. Good to be here.
0: Before we kick off and uh, and and get too far into it, Jeff, let me ask you first, what is a light rigid truck? Very good question, Luke. And it really does depend on who you
1: ask. Look, in a traditional sense... Um, it, Yeah, it does depend on who you're asking. So if if you're talking a license class, so a lot of people call it a light rigid license, um, that has its own little segment. So that's basically anything from four and a half ton up to eight ton. So that's a light rigid license. But traditionally, that's not what everybody calls a light rigid truck. The other segment, uh, which is included in a light rigid truck, is a car license segment. So that would be uh, below four and a half ton and down to three and a half. So ultimately, a light rigid truck is from three and a half ton
0: gvm up to eight ton gvm and and so just to clarify for our listeners, that also includes a, a segment of trucks that can be driven on a normal car license
2: yeah, that's right anything up to four and a half ton uh, can be driven on a on a normal car license it's um, it's that it's that line between that four uh, after that four and a half ton where you need to have that light rigid license. Uh, which
0: covers you up to eight tonne. So, Marty, I'll start with you. Uh, From a supply chain and logistics perspective, uh, what role are light rigid trucks playing? How how are they being used? Where are they being used? Who's using them?
3: Well, look, they're being used in a range of different areas. Um, They are actually critical across the country. Um, You know, if we actually go back to, you know, traditional supply chains and uh, along those lines, the bulk of the trucks and trailers were actually being used for mainly long haul more than anything else. You know, we actually think about your Coles and Woolies, you'd see them as you actually grow up as a kid, um, actually rocking up to these particular shopping centres and you'd see a big truck actually parked up there, actually delivering. Now, if we actually think about um, all your deliveries and your home deliveries and everything like that, uh, from a parcel post perspective, you'd always see a van actually pull up opposed to a light ridge truck. A lot of companies have actually gone down the path of actually buying these small bridges to actually make it easier to actually get around. As the economy has actually grown, um, especially going through the whole COVID period as well, um, that we've actually seen a big increase in this particular space and market. Um, Look, we see everything from, you know, flatbeds, Pantex, refraged, everything. They range in size, you know, look at it as a a small, just over two-ton carrying capacity, all the way up to greater than 10 ton as well. So the types of clients that actually utilize these particular trucks, they range, they can be wholesalers, retailers, they can be tradies, you know, it doesn't limit the type of company that you'd actually see using them. Just to give you an example that some of the clients that would actually see using them or not actually think about using them would be an aquarium shop. In an aquarium shop, um, you think about that particular client there and, you know, they sell fish. That's their main, main job. They sell products for the fish but we forget about what they actually may use a truck for. The trucks actually used to deliver the aquarium and deliver potentially water and it could be a very, very small truck but it's critical to their business but it's the last thing that they actually think about. They don't think about the insurance side of stuff when we actually think of um, those particular trucks and the insurance that's actually required for it as well. Again, if we actually think about another particular company, uh, we could think about a florist, for example, a florist retail business or potentially an online business um, that actually uses maybe a small refrigerated truck uh, to deliver their flower products. And that's two clients and they do that on a potentially day-to-day basis based on online orders or potentially people that actually walk in as well.
0: So so what you're saying is we're we're tending to see businesses with light rigid trucks that are using them more as a tool of the business rather than the the primary purpose of the business. That is correct. So we are looking at it as more of a last
3: mile delivery um, and that end customer, um, it is clients that we're actually looking at or these particular companies that don't actually generate really a lot of revenue out of their delivery service. Their main revenue is actually coming from the retail, the sales of their products and their
0: shop fronts. And what about trades uh, as well? I, I, I've seen a lot of light rigid trucks yes. with traybacks. Um Yeah, so with
3: trade services is a good example that they may have a small tipper and they'll utilise that particular tipper and we'll give you the example of a landscaper. A landscaper will use that tipper not only just for their products but also to um, move around their small machinery as well. They'll actually uh, more or less go to sites. They'll do their jobs on sites. It's not a traditional transport operator but they do still have those trucks. They could have anywhere between one and a few trucks doing this and going to many different sites. It could be a commercial site but it could also be a residential site. Again, they don't consider themselves a transport company. Again, most of their incomes actually come from the actual design and
0: the workmanship that they actually do on site. So, Jeff, I might turn to you uh, because you're living this day in, day out, as part of your role at Isuzu. um, Light rigid service a a broad market, like Marty's already mentioned. Uh, What do sales look like uh, in terms of these trucks? Who's who's buying them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let me start with, I guess, painting the picture of our our truck market and what light richards look like in that market. I I guess the the entire truck market in a a year will look like around about 16,000 units. Uh, One third of that, is a light, light rigid sort of space. Uh, in that light rigid space, uh, that's broken up into two segments. And you would know as a light rigid license or a car license truck. And this is where we've seen most of our growth. Uh, so specifically in that car license segment, um, in 2022, that was more than 11,000 units uh, for the total market. Um, where we've seen growth is, is through COVID. Um, traditionally, that market was around about six or 7,000 trucks. Now it's 11,000 trucks. It's amazing. Izuzu um, Command, around about 50% of that market, which is quite quite amazing. Uh, and that trend has really, really, really grown. Uh, we saw around about 3,000 units in 2019. Um, we've already exceeded that this year in July. So it's it's incredible that, that car license segment of the light rigid market has is, is really, really gone uh, amazing. The reason for a lot of that um, was always thought to be the instant asset write-off. Um, that, that scheme went a long way to supporting the, the industry. Uh, but what we've seen since the, the end of that instant asset write-off on the 30th of June is orders are unwavering. They're still coming. Uh, so there's, there's many other
0: reasons for that. And, and why do you think that is, Jeff? Is it that people have seen the value of these trucks now?
1: Look, there's a number of reasons that we could dive into. Um, I guess a lot of it comes around those traditional operators who had like a, a one-ton ute, and they used to do a lot of building or, or whatever that customer may be, that landscaper we were just talking about. Um, and they've they've got to the point where they've got actually a lot more tools uh, than they used to have. And uh, the regulators are now cracking down on a lot of load limits. And, and these guys are actually overloading their ute. So they're realizing they need a product that, that does, uh, does that role much better. Um, we've... I guess, gone a long way to, to helping that market in creating a ready-to-work range. Um, so those trays and tippers we were just talking about, uh, we, we actually have a ready-to-go product. Uh, we call a ready-to-work range. Um, so that's tray back vehicles uh, for those traditional operators, tippers. Uh, we have a service body for, for operators that, that uh, service vehicles and mining repairs, those type of things. Um, so yeah, a lot of that growth has, has come from the car license segment. For that reason, the other part of it, if if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just dive into is is really understanding that that, that a truck is a business orientated product, and, and our dealer network, and and uh, and I guess the the benefits are really seen to to uh, improve their business uh, with that product. So. I guess it's all about buying a truck gives you more load carrying capacity and that generally means better dollars for the business.
2: I guess just to add further to what uh, Jeff was saying, I guess if you look at the light-duty truck market over the last 10 years, it's actually increased by 75% in sales volume uh, compared to like the heavy end of the market, which has increased by about 30%, uh, 32%, something like that. So there's around about 30% more Light vehicles and heavy vehicles. So I guess the biggest growth as uh, Jeff was alluding to is all that, that built to go, ready to work, pre-bodied vehicles, with tradies moving out uh, out of the utes and into the trucks. And I guess uh, Jeff, it's something like forty three percent of the light duty vehicles you guys sell are, are pre-bodied. Is, that's is, exactly that right.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. You're spot on. And and for our our listeners, what do you mean by that? That they're they're pre-bodied.
2: Yeah, so they, like Jeff was referring to the built-to-go. So they've got the, a tipper body on it, a, a service body, a fridge vehicle, uh, fridge body, that sort of stuff on it. Um, obviously, the instant asset write-off is sort of has buoyed the market um, and brought forward some purchases. But uh, sort of as Jeff was alluding to as well, it's not slowing down. Given the, the freight movements over the next few coming years um, and the building of the like building and infrastructure boom, boom, and events like I guess the twenty thirty two Olympics. I don't, we don't see the, the sales volume slowing at all.
1: So I guess just to help that understanding, I, I guess you buy a ute, you walk into the dealership and you buy it. Traditionally, you'd go to a truck dealer and they just have a chassis and then you need to work out what you need to put on the back of it and it takes six months to build. Um, is' really gone a long way as to creating these ready-to-work products. So it's it already has the pre-built body. We've, we've researched the market and we have, uh, I guess, Products that are suited for those those markets. Um, what, what is actually another little component that I that I didn't mention was the, the dollars. Um, the actual cost of that vehicle is uh, a lot a lot lower than what a lot of people uh, expect. So you'll get into a a small car licensed tray back vehicle for uh, in some cases sub sixty k, which is a lot less than just a traditional Ute. So people are really realizing
3: it actually makes a lot of business sense to to get into a truck. Especially to actually maximise on the carrying capacity that they've actually got behind it as well. So it just it does help out with a range of different um, uh, occupations or um, uses for it. So it could be up to an extra one thousand kilograms of, of carrying capacity, which is huge in the market. Um, especially if we go back to that uh, landscape, where if you have to move a bit of dirt or anything like that, um, you know, an extra thousand tons means less loads. To that particular property as well maybe
2: kilograms not tons
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you see that as a, a as a benefit that your customers enjoy jeff i will say absolutely
1: uh, tr- traditionally and i guess for, for the, the audience to, to understand traditionally your ute capacities two and a half to three and a half ton uh, we see some units with three and a half ton towing capacity now uh, from 2021 uh, these is your light rigid vehicles now have up to a four-and-a-half-ton capacity, and that's really helping those those operators uh, where they might have a, a machine. So the, the traditional tipper operator who needs to carry a machine on the back, um, that could be a, a four-ton machine. Uh, so they're, they're really seeing the benefits of uh, that, that additional benefit of buying a truck over that traditional vehicle. Um, all can be done on a car licence and much safer than operating a, a, a vehicle which... Potentially, the trailer could be heavier than the truck. So in this space, uh, you've got a much safer configuration for the operator.
0: So, uh, Berkey, I might turn to you again. Um, if someone was buying a, a, a light rigid truck um, and, and had decided to to make that transition, what do they need to know about repairs and maintenance and, and all of those considerations, especially if it's being used primarily as a tool of the business? Well, look, uh, from a maintenance perspective to explore having like a maintenance agreement service
2: contracts um, on the vehicle, it helps just even out that uh, your costs, you're, you're paying a monthly cost, uh, so there's no real surprises to the business from a and l perspective. I guess, you know, and from further to that, I guess having a, a very comprehensive, you know, roadside uh, assistance cover on the vehicle, you know, I guess a high percentage of the light trucks are driven on car licence and customers stepping out of light utes and, and that sort of thing, um, whereas previously they might have relied on their mate to come and help them fix their vehicle on the side of the road. Uh, a truck's a little, bit, uh, a little bit different to that they need a, they probably need a little bit more specialist support for that.
0: And if, if someone comes into one of the dealerships and buys a, uh, a light rigid truck, Jeff, what kind of support does Isuzu offer?
1: Yeah, well, I guess, look, this is where we really separate ourselves from the light commercial segment. Um, And I guess just just spinning off that quick discussion, your service agreements in our great relationship with NTI now. Six years of roadside assist and the ability to add a a service agreement to that product has been a a big, uh, a nice string in our bow. Uh, From a dealership perspective, I was alluding earlier, uh, truck dealerships are orientated around business, right? Businesses are all around uptime. So a truck dealership is around getting you back on the road quickly. Car dealership, maybe it's a little bit more about the experience rather than getting you back on the road as fast as possible. So that's, a, that's something else we've, we've, we've uh, had feedback from our customers, seeing that different sort of feedback. Service intervals is probably another one to talk about. Uh, traditionally, cars are serviced more regularly. A, a truck is more uh, a longer-life sort of product. Uh, service intervals look like can be around 20,000 kilometres or 12 months before you need to service that vehicle so it's a more durable uh longer commitment type vehicle uh, so yeah that's the other advantages
0: we see and so if if people are entering the the light rigid truck market, one of the the key things that NTI likes to talk about a lot is safety um, and and I know asuzu uh, as well very big on safety. What are some of the things that people need to know about safety when driving, operating, having one of these trucks on the side of the road. Berkey, maybe we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I guess um, there's a few things. Like from a safety perspective, there's a lot more safety technology similar to what you see in cars now in trucks, like the advanced driver assistance systems like emergency braking, lane departure warning, traffic movement warning and things like that. So most like trucks sort of operating in an urban environment and technology like this helps prevent those unfortunate collisions and things like that, I guess. You know, from a safety perspective, understanding the the length and height of of a truck is probably is equally important. Don't really want to get caught in low roof car parks uh, and uh, hit low bridges and underpasses. So there's a few things around around that 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 needs to be considered as
0: well. Marty, in your role um, as a product manager for NTI, what do you see in terms of most common claims for a light-rigid truck? So when we think about the light rigid truck space, they're going into
3: tighter areas. They're going as in more residential um, or even into built-up areas. So what we usually see is um, a low severity, um, so which will mean it will be just hits, bumps, scrapes, and more or less that's what you would actually expect from this particular market. As we've mentioned, the safety in these particular vehicles, the sensors and all of that helps out because you're going from a normal car that most cars actually have these days into a truck that's very similar, very similar in feel. It's actually going to set off those particular sensors or give you visuals that you're used
0: to in your car to actually avoid that as much as possible. Jeff, in some of the, uh, the Isuzu trucks, the ready-to-work range, tell us about some of the safety features in those vehicles.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, 2021 was our, our most recent change to our product lineup. Uh, we call that the model year 21. Uh, that included uh, a lot of these advanced safety systems that you see, to, see now in a D-Max. Uh, so we have that obviously that parent relationship with, with that product and that stereo camera solution um, to really having two eyes on the on the road is, uh, two extra eyes on the road. Um, so we see that in all of our all of our ready to work most of our ready to work products. Uh, that's the autonomous emergency braking. Um, that stereo camera solution is is quite unique to Isuzu trucks, uh, as opposed to the traditional radar and a camera solution. Um, that stereo camera solution is very much uh, targeted around the urban environment. It's a very good object detection. Stability control um, was probably the most significant uh, safety system that was introduced into the truck space over the last few years. Um, Yeah, stability incidents in trucks are obviously, they do have a higher occurrence in larger trucks because of a high centre of gravity. Um, But then moving forward into the future, if we want to talk about that, um, we're about to have some significant changes to Australian design rules. Uh, in twenty in February 2025, um, all of these products will have to have stability control and have to have AEB. They will be mandated. And then uh, our, our Euro 6 will come along also not too long after that in November. Um, so we will actually get some more safety systems with that product and that will include those blind spot detection systems and uh, systems like, uh, uh, there's a system called misacceleration miss mitigation. So if somebody accidentally puts their foot on the accelerator in drive and they stops them driving through a shop front, for example, those kind of incidents. So lots of these new systems are coming into trucks that we've seen in cars for quite some time.
0: So, Marty, um, if if I'm a broker, um, this obviously sounds like a big growth uh, opportunity or, or area, um, like rigid trucks. What do I need to know?
3: What you need to know is... Look at your clients that you have or prospective clients. Um, You know, what is their business? Um, You know, are they in that wholesale um, or retail um, space? Are they in the manufacturing space? Um, You know, do do they have something that actually fits the bill? Do they have trucks that are floating around that could be a part of and wrapped up within another particular policy when it could actually be right uh, over NTI? Um, we have a range of different products. Uh, we have transport package um, that can actually uh, cover all of that off as well. Um, and they'll be for your smaller um, uh, your owner operators or somebody with a few trucks, potentially a couple of trailers and potentially some uh, small plant equipment or um, equipment for those particular trade services as well. Uh, we also have our, our yellow product as well. Uh, And then for the larger ones as well, you you may have an operator that may be a larger uh, distributor um, but that do distribute their own products uh, that may actually have a larger fleet. They may um, require it but they don't consider themselves, again, as that transport industry. They don't get the income from that portion and it's a very small portion of their overall income stream. I guess
2: the other thing there is that there's other segments I guess we spoke a little bit, a fair bit about trades and and that sort of stuff, but apart from that with your builders and plumbers and landscapers, agriculture, forestry, mining and research, uh, services like utilities, things like that, retail food, food services, even recreation services, that's all something that I guess a broker needs to consider. It's not just limited to the...
3: To the trade services. Not just limited to trade services or yeah. not just limited to the transport industry. Um, you know, the biggest thing is everyone that you just listed there, Paul, is they don't consider themselves as a transport company um, and that's the biggest thing is we're not just a transport insurer. Yeah, well, you're
1: exactly right. i got a lot, almost, well, I won't say all of our customers, but most of our customers don't use our, particularly the ready-to-work product, as their core business. It's something ancillary that they need to do their job, basically. It's not their core business.
0: Berkey, just turning to you, uh, Jeff mentioned earlier about the roadside partnership that um, NTI mm-hmm. through Truck Assist has with Isuzu. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, like as Jeff mentioned before, we um, traditionally for, for Probably the previous 10 years we've uh, provided a roadside service. Um, we, we run Isuzu Assist for the, uh, for the program for Isuzu um, and it's been a, a three-year program uh, up until the middle of last year where the, uh, in the new mod- model range that was released um, increased the warranty and we increased our roadside assistance to cover the vehicles for six years. So it's a great, great package supporting the, the product and uh, best in market.
0: Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Marty, Berkey and Jeff, uh, our panel of experts. Thanks for joining us.
1: Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, fabulous to be here and I look forward to coming back sometime.
0: Thanks again for listening to NTI Spotlight. For insurance brokers looking to generate a CPD certificate for this episode, please visit partner.com. Dot nti.com.au forward slash light rigid podcast that url again is partnernticomau forward slash light rigid podcast you should obtain your own professional advice based on your personal circumstances our products are subject to limits and exclusions and when making decisions about our products consider the product disclosure statement Roadside Terms of Use and Target Market Determinations available from NTI.com.au and TruckAssist.com.au. NTI and TruckAssist are not responsible or liable for your use or reliance on the information in this podcast.